malevolent phantoms in his face. Regiments of dark arches had the square surrounded. Who lurked in their shadows? The great doors of the basilica were open. Corradino saw the gleam of candles from the golden belly of the church. He was briefly cheered, an island of brightness in this threatening landscape. Perhaps it is not too late to enter this house of God, throw myself on the mercy of the priests and seek sanctuary. But those who sought him also paid for this jeweled shrine that housed the bones of Venice's shriveled saint and tiled the walls with the priceless, glittering mosaics that now sent the candlelight out into the night. There could be no sanctuary within for Corradino, no mercy. Past the Basilica then, and under the arch of the Torre dell'Oroglio, he hurried, allowing himself one more glance at the face of the huge clock, where tonight it seemed the fantastical beasts of the Zodiac revolved in a more solemn measure, a dance of death. Thereafter, Corradino tortured himself no more with final glances, but fixed his eyes on the paving underfoot. Even this gave him no respite, for all he could think of was the beautiful tessere glasswork he used to make, fusing hot nuggets of irregular glass together, all shapes and hues, before blowing the whole into a wondrous vessel. I know I will never touch the glass again. As he entered the Mercaria dell'Orolio, the market traders were packing away their pitchers for the night. Corradino passed a glass cellar with his wares ranked jewel-like on his stall. In his mind's eye, the goblets and trinkets began to glow rosily and their shapes began to shift. He could almost feel the heat of the furnace again and smell the sulphur and silica. Since childhood, such sights and smells had always reassured him. Now the memory seemed a premonition of hellfires, for was hell not where traitors were placed? The Florentine Dante was clear on the subject. Would Corradino, like Brutus and Cassius and Judas, be devoured by Lucifer, the devil's tears mingling with his blood as he was ripped asunder? Not if I do this last thing, not if I am granted absolution. With a new urgency, he doubled back as he had planned and took the narrow bridges and winding alleys or calais that led back to the Riva degli Chavoni. Here and there, shrines were set into the corners of the houses. Well-tended flames burned and illuminated the face of the Virgin. I dare not look in her eyes, not yet. At last, the lights of the orphanage at the Ospedale della Pieta drew near, and as he saw the candlelight warmth, he heard, too, the music of the vials. Perhaps it is she that plays. I wish it were so, but I will never know. He passed the grill without a glance inside and banged on the door. As the maid approached with a candle, he did not wait for her inquisition before hissing, Padre Tommaso, subito! He knew the maid, a surly, taciturn wench who delighted in being obstructive. But tonight, his voice carried such urgency that even she turned at once and soon the priest came. Signor... Corradino opened his cloak and found a leather gourd of French gold. Into the bag he tucked the vellum notebook so she would know how it had been and one day perhaps forgive him. He took a swift glance around the dim alley. No, no one could have drawn close enough to see him. They must not know that she has the book. In a voice too low for any but the priest to hear, he said, Padre, I give you this money for the care of the orphans of the Pieta. The mask changed Corradino's voice as he had intended. The priest made as if to take the bag with the usual formula of thanks, but Corradino held it back until the father was forced to meet his eyes. Father Tommaso alone must know him for who he was. For the orphans, said Corradino again with emphasis. Recognition reached the priest at last. He turned over the hand that held the bag and looked closely at the fingertips. Smooth, with no prints. 
He began to speak, but the eyes in the mask flashed a warning. Changing his mind, the father said, I will make sure they receive it. And then, as if he knew, may God bless you. A warm hand and a cold one clasped for an instant, and the door was closed. Corradino continued on. He knew not where until he was well away from the orphanage. Then, finally, he removed his mask. Shall I walk on till they find me? How will it be done? At once he knew where he should go. The night darkened as he passed through the streets, the canals whispering goodbye as they splashed the calais, and now, at last, Corradino could hear footsteps keeping pace behind. At last he reached the Calle de la Morta, the street of death, and stopped. The footsteps stopped too. Corradino faced the water and, without turning, said, Will Leonora be safe? The pause seemed interminable. Splash, splash. Then a voice as dry as dust replied, Yes, you have the word.